Hey everyone, this is Gabby and Karim, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med school. From GAMSAT to medical interviews, get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and and get get ready ready to get get med ready. Hi guys and welcome back to the MMI mini-series. Before we get started, I'd like to do an acknowledgement of country, so I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which I am recording today. For me personally, that is the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. The type of station we'll be covering today is an ethics station. In terms of difficulty, it's quite a difficult station with one minute reading time and one minute per question. The student today is Jess and the tutor is Jasmine. And the station is as follows. Your 27-year-old friend has recently completed some university qualifications. She is applying for a new job registration and part of her application requires her to list any criminal offences. When she was 17, she was charged with theft. She is looking to lie about this in her application and comes to you for advice. What do you tell her? Okay, so my understanding of the STEM is that I've got a 32-year-old friend. She's applying for provisional registration uh, after graduating. And for this provisional registration, she needs to list her criminal offences and is looking for advice because she wants to lie about an offence that she committed when she was 17. Um, I'd need to gather more information before I gave her any advice. For example, is this criminal offence even going to show up in a criminal Uh, when you go to get your police check Um, because some offences don't turn up on the police check and some do. Also because she was underage, I believe there would be some sort of leniency for that um, in terms. And then, okay, so that's one factor. So the next question is why do you think such questions exist in questionnaires? So these questions are asking questionnaires probably to check that individuals are held accountable for their previous mistakes, even if they had quite big consequences. Um, In terms of professional registration, it's really important to be really open and upfront um, because it would mean that in the future, if a mistake was made, they wouldn't cover it up. They would be really upfront and open about it, which would be the most important thing. What are some of the advantages of listing the conviction in this form? Some of the advantages would be, again, being open and showing any um, uh, flaws and weaknesses and proving that you're able to, um, showing that you're able to be held accountable for your mistakes even if there were consequences for that, which would be important in a professional setting. And your final question is, would your opinion change if you knew that the conviction would prevent her from getting her registration? That's a difficult question because at the end of the day, the advice, I can't tell someone what to do. Um, but no, I would probably advise her to be to tell the truth because 
it's very important at the end of the day, if something's going to be uncovered, it's going to be uncovered uh, regardless of whether or not she covers it up. Uh, so it, for her, it would look better if she was upfront and honest about it. Perfect. So they're all the questions. Okay. Um, how do you feel you went? Um, I think for the first question, I spent way too long um, s- summarising what's already there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, because a minute is not very long at all. Um, that's what I learned. Um, then I guess I was a bit, I was a bit thrown off because it's so vague. Um, and I don't know, I guess the practice questions I've been looking at are a lot more specific to specific situations. And this is like, like what professional registration we don't know. Um, so that kind of threw me off. Uh, I guess I could have maybe tied it to like the more, the, the ethics of it mentioned, um, some of the ethical principles, cause it was more about that. Um, yeah. Hi guys. I'm really excited to do a shout out for one of our incredible partners, Communitya. Communitya is a virtual volunteering platform that connects, engages, and mobilizes volunteers to tackle the world's greatest challenges. Find meaningful volunteering opportunities matched to your skill set and availability that contribute to the causes you're passionate about. Sign up via their website. Okay, now back to the episode. Cool. Um, so I might just go through each question and give you a little bit of feedback for each um, answer that you gave. So for the first question, um, what do you tell her? I think this is a hard question because there's a lot of factors that you could consider um, and you only have 60 seconds to get through them. But I definitely agree with your own feedback that you probably don't need to summarise the set STEM again, um, especially you only have 60 seconds in an interview where you have longer you might be able to um, but because you only have the 60 seconds to answer this question just try to get out all the key bits that you need um one of the things that i jotted down when i was working through these questions myself was that obviously there are a lot of point of views that you could consider here but i think the main thing to take away from the first question is actually explaining what you would say um so the question's asking, what do you tell her? Um, so giving a definitive, like, this is what I would say, I think is really important. You don't want to bounce around the answer too much, um, but you do want to consider things. So I like how you said you wanted to gather more information. I feel like this is good, especially considering she was 17 when it happened. Um, so I think it was good that you did read into that and you wanted to get more information. Um, but a couple of things you could have considered as well was potentially um, the I mean, you considered the point of view of your friend, um, but you could have also considered the point of view of the employer. So what impact will it have on them if she does versus if she doesn't disclose this information? Um, And you could also consider another point of view, whether it be yourself. So what's your position in this? Um, And you did kind of mention that towards the end in the last question in that it's not really your place to tell someone what to do, but um, obviously if she's come to you for advice, this is where you can provide her with some advice in that situation. Um, and then you could also consider society. So there's a few different point of views you can consider. Obviously 60 seconds isn't a lot of time. So um, maybe trying to pick out what the key stakeholders are in this question and in this scenario, and then um, kind of structuring your answer around that. Um, in terms of your second question, so the second question was, why do you think such questions exist in questionnaires? 
Um, I liked how you talked about the impacts of the future. So you mentioned how um, what she's doing now in the questionnaire may, I guess, provide the employers with a little bit of information into the kind of employee she'll be in the future. Um, and I think that was a really good thing to consider. Um, the only other point that I had for that was um, potentially the safety of society. So the STEM is quite vague in that we don't know what professional registration she's applying for. But I think that mentioning, you know, although theft isn't a big crime, um, it may impact people who she's working with. Um, it may be indicative of future actions, although not always the case, but it has to be something that should be considered um, with a criminal record. Um, but I think that your mention of the future in terms of her role at a company was definitely one of the key points. So I think you did a good job at identifying that. For the third question, uh, what are the advantages of listing convictions in this form? Um, you focused a lot on your friend. So she's obviously the key stakeholder here, um, which I think was really good. Um, so you mentioned that she should be held accountable for her role, for her actions. Um, and I think another thing you could also consider is the impact of that it not disclosing it will have on her. So um, is it something that's going to burden her in the long term? Is it constantly going to be on her mind? Is it something that her employers could seek out themselves? Um, and will she be worried that because she hasn't disclosed it herself, they will still find out? Um, so that's another thing that you could consider. Um, but I think that um, for this question as well, I think it's really important to mention the importance of um, listing the conviction for her employer. So obviously this form is part of her registration. So um, potentially like the things surrounding how the employers are hiring their employees, um, the honesty and the integrity of the employee, because like you mentioned, for all you know, this is something that they could access. Um, it might not be something they could access, but I think having a well-rounded understanding of the kinds of people that you're hiring um, are quite important in the professional world. Um, and then for the last question, would your opinion change if you knew the conviction would prevent her from getting her registration? Um, I think that it was really good that you started acknowledging that it was a difficult question because it is quite a difficult question. Um, I think this one here was where you did a good job at identifying your own role in the situation. Obviously, it's not your role to make her decisions for her, but um, you're kind of in this place where she wants an opinion, but at the same time, is it your place to get involved? Um, so you did a good job at considering that. Um, I think, you know, you stuck to your guts and said it wouldn't change, like it's still what you initially said, but I think just being more clear from the start what you would actually say um, so that when you get to that last question and it asks, would you change your mind, you have like a framework to go off. Yes, I would versus no, I wouldn't change my mind. Um, but I think in terms of like the actual content of your questions, you had the ideas there. I think if there's one thing um, that you could potentially take away to work on for other questions is just having a good structure to get through them. Um, 60 seconds is such a short amount of time and it's really hard to get all the information out. Um, I don't think that like you could really get every piece of information out in 60 seconds, even if you did have a really good structure. So I think having a solid structure helps get most of the important information out. And by signposting a structure as well, at least the interviewers know that the information's there. So even if you don't get to it, you've already kind of indicated that 
um, it was something that you were considering. Um, do you have any questions at all or any other things you wanted to speak about? No, I thought that's really good feedback. Um, the multiple stakeholders, uh, that would have been a good thing to mention. I just, yeah, wow. That's really hard to structure everything so quickly. I'll really have to work on that. Um, that's pretty much it. Do you think um, other unis, are they going to, I guess, the, would they be any longer, maybe max, like maybe two minutes per question because there'll be follow-up questions or? Um, I think it depends on the uni. I know that some unis are sticking with like the one minute per question, whereas others have like a full five minutes and you can choose how long you spend on each question. Okay. Um, I think other unis might have a bit longer. But, yeah, I think it just depends on the uni and where you're interviewing. But trying to get around the 60-second mark per question for those five-minute interviews um, because generally there are four or five follow-up questions anyway. Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Please like, share and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.